The following Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast is based on real events from the history of American crime. Some of this imagery might be upsetting. Listener discretion is advised. All right, so uh, we are recording. This is happening. This is happening. It's going to be a happening. So we are we are recording the day after Thanksgiving, but this isn't airing until 2020. So welcome to the future, I guess, or from the past. I don't know. This is a I guess a time capsule in case the world ends in the next uh, month or so. Um, Hashtag thoughts and prayers for all of us. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have most of our crew here tonight. We're hoping that we will be able to to join us shortly. So we are so kind of like I said in a weird sort of time space. So PAX Unplugged is this coming weekend. So some of us are going there. But by the time you hear this, we'll have all come back from, or most of us all have come back from what I'm sure will be a wildly successful weekend. <laughs> without any kind of problems or drama or anything like that. Certainly nothing resulting from what's going to happen in the next few hours tonight, for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> for those of you who might have just found the show because of running into us at PAX, I, I took the time to write up a quick recap of everything that we've been through, and we've been through some shit that's real. <laughs> Uh, over the last several months, just to get us all up to speed, as we start trying to braid together the various backstories and misadventures of all of our characters. So, we start with Solar. Solar is an honest cop in a dishonest world, tasked with investigating the murder of Alexander Desmond Tate, famed theater producer. Tate was found in the front parlor of his home, with severe scorch marks on his chest and face that appeared to be magical in nature. The investigation revealed several names of interest. Marissa Bonaventure, aspiring actor and relation of the ruling family. Mary Margaret O'Malley, which had the name of McKinley written next to it and X'd out. And Nora Humiston. Soller's investigation was joined by Percy Gritz, Bard, and Zafira, a death-obsessed proprietor of a local bakery, who were both skulking around the perimeter of the crime scene, generally looking sketchy. <laughs> While inside, the party discovered a connection to Miriam Gertain, Percy Gritz's mother, in the form of a self-help book she wrote that was in Tate's possession. Meanwhile, in the other part of the city, Nim and Alos have stumbled into an opportunity of a lifetime, a god who has lost his memory. St. Cuthbert, who is now going by the name of Paul, for reasons that I can't honestly remember right now, is a curmudgeonly old man who our grifters are trying to exploit as best they can. After nearly getting into trouble with both a gang in the underneath called the Ruby Rats and an earnest guard named Jethro, they convinced Paul he was a banker who had a business at who had business at a pawn shop 
where Alos was in trouble with the owner. The name of the pawn shop was Sam's Gold Buy and Pawn. <clears throat> a fight broke out inside the pawn shop with a barbarian who sadly passed away in the conflict. Uh, hashtag rest in power. This murder summoned Solar away from the investigation of the Tate House, leaving it to descend into madness as Percy Grit's private investigator took over. After an unfortunate run-in with some local street toughs, who themselves may have been members of the Ruby Rats, I mean, who can remember at this point? Please listen to our archives at all of your podcast places. Percy and Zafira commandeered the investigation. Meanwhile, confused by all of the violence at Sam's Gold Buy and Pawn, Paul slash St. Cuthbert decided to seek out his old friend Miriam, bringing Nim and Alos along and into contact with Percy and Zephira. A dark game of chicken broke out as Nim and Percy struggled for control of the investigation and Tate's copy of Miriam's book. At a stalemate, though with a new ally slash acolyte in the form of first day on the cop Joey Greenhorn, the party leaves the Tate mansion only, in t- only to encounter the same ruffians Percy Gritz encountered earlier, one of whom suffers from lycanthropy. The party slaughters them mercilessly and then go to Zephira's bakery to debrief. <laughs> At the bakery, aptly named Death by Chocolate, the party meets Barnabas, Zephira's right-hand man, and the mysterious Dak, who is also there. <laughs> Bar- <laughs> Barnabas has recently purchased two large glowing orbs he thinks will be useful to draw attention to the bakery, and he's not wrong as will-o'-the-wisps do lure evil to them from all directions. Answering the call to eat your feelings, the bakery is attacked from beneath by a minotaur and a zombie ankylosaurus, because why not, driven mad by desire. The party slay the beasts and one of the wisps. Nim tries desperately to cut a deal with the surviving wisp, but is the only one who sees it as a valuable ally, and the wisp makes itself invisible and escapes, much to Nim's chagrin. Following the destruction of the entire storeroom, Zafira learns that Death by Chocolate has been invited to host a book signing by Miriam Gertain herself. Barnabas saves his job in the end. Or does he? In the aftermath of all this senseless violence, Zafira, Dak, and Nim all go their separate ways, leaving Aelos and Percy Gritz, lost prevention, behind to assist Barnabas with the bakery. Salar returns to the scene, drawn, like so many in law enforcement, by the siren song of a warm donut. Once a cop, always a cop, though. And Solar immediately realizes the people in the bakery are acting suspicious, and he knows Percy Gritz isn't one to take lightly. In spite of Barnabas's best efforts, Solar discovers evidence of the attack in the storeroom and demand answers, and the answers he's getting from the party aren't good enough. Meanwhile, there's a bit in the newspaper that catches Alos's eye. A note coded in Thieves' Cant instructing him to destroy a warehouse owned by a man called Harold Worthington, who is storing a number of phylacteries for the government. These two problems on their hands, the party make their way to the Diamond Mind, a large casino where Solar knows someone who may be able to help guide him in his myriad investigations. Alos has cleaned up at an incredibly easy, childlike dice game. Percy Gritz has vanished into the crowd. Solar is sitting, waiting for the fight to begin. And that's what I get for writing a page and a half introduction <laughs> to the podcast. Woo! Let's look at the point of order. The point of order. Yes. I wanted Paul to light the bakery on fire. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's fire brought to you by our sponsor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. To light the whole all, all of Sam's gold buying pond on fire. Um, <laughs> but we yeah. been through some shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we're only level two. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I should, yeah, well, I should probably have you guys level up. Yeah. Um, oh. Surprising, not me who asked. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I'm feeling thankful. I'm feeling grateful. Oh, level three. Level three. What? Brought to you in part by Sesame Street. One, two, three. Oh, man. Let's not... Let's not talk about Sesame Street. (laughs) (laughs) Had enough... Had enough time on the street today. Don't. Don't. (laughs) Keep going. Come on. Have some respect. That's, that's stay cool. off the street. Stay off the street. This is gonna end badly. Yes, it is. My character, my character sheet says I'm a tiefling. Am I actually a tiefling in this city? You are. Okay, I was like, because okay, I, I, I know I just—that's my generic starting line with all my characters. But like, wait a minute, hold the phone. In my show notes, I briefly thought there was a character named Tom Tiefling until I realized, oh, wait. (laughs) And so then I toyed around, like, there might be an NPC out there somewhere in the world named Tom Tiefling. Is he a Tiefling or not? I don't know. Maybe it's, like, a really unfortunate name. (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. I want to edit this. Level three. Uh, So you guys are... You are in the diamond mine. Um, we don't know if Zephira is there or not, but uh, Dak and Nim and Paul have all found their way into this place. So, uh, because these episodes haven't come out yet, uh, the diamond mine is a is a massive casino. Anything that you could imagine is going to be there. There are multiple bars um, around the perimeter of the room table set up for all kinds of different gambling there is a like a ring set up in the in the center floor for fights and if memory serves solar grabbed a seat kind of in the back just to kind of sit and and watch the fights and alos had gone off to a, a one of the one of the dice games and had had won i think about like what 10 15 gold that sounds right yeah Seeing that happen, that that dealer was was removed by one of the pit bosses, <laughs> and you get the, you get the sense that this person probably is is out of a job, if not being <laughs> being beaten half to death in the back. That happens. <laughs> yeah, cost of doing business. So Nim. Carlos, you've had you've had some ideas for what what Nim's been doing here. Do you wanna do you wanna talk about this? Well fellas. As uh as Nim found out that the situations were heading to the casino, he stopped what he was doing immediately. 
he hadn't been to a casino in a while, and he felt this was an appropriate time. You know, he's been hanging out in Atlantic City, and this is like Vegas, the diamond mine for him. You know, it's like the the MGM. So he, um, he Nim's there with Paul. Nim has found Paul, and Paul has shown up. Now, what you guys don't realize until you see them is they are wearing matching suits. <laughs> what are these? Uh, so is this like a this like a, a Danny Ocean and uh, Rusty, what's his name, <laughs> kind of situation here, or or what? So or Rain Man is, kind of thing. This is this is the Rain Man situation. Nim has found out while accidentally dropping a deck of cards in his apartment. Paul can automatically count everything that falls. They are sitting at the blackjack table right now. And they are racking up. Okay. Alright, what are uh, what are the matching like what kind of disguise are they in? Like you said matching suits, but paint paint well, a picture here. So we got uh we got Nim and his trademark white all white suit with black vest with his uh, medallions hanging out. <laughs> Real uh, uh, Saturday Night Fever kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Gibb kind of vibe. Um, and then we've got Paul buttoned up wearing uh, a black shirt with a white tie. Okay. In the all white suit. His hair is slicked back much like Nim's but Paul's I mean he's it's not really looking as good as Nim's but I mean, those can look as good as Yeah. I I have imagined Paul with a fake mustache <laughs> since since you pitched this idea. He in my mind, Paul looks like one of the Beastie Boys from the Sabotage video. <laughs> that works. Outstanding. <laughs> Uh, I, just like how, I just like how Nim's disguise is the exact same thing he always wears. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the color scheme is a little different. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, he doesn't have the cufflinks on today or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Paul, Paul hates everything about this. <laughs> Paul, Paul... I'm not sure he even understands like what's happening because this seems like such a childish thing to him. It's it's almost like you you've brought him to a place to to like color in a coloring book or something. Like this is so this is so silly. He has he has business that he needs to take care of. You and you and that other young man had told him about all the banking that he needed to do. And why are we at this place? With all of these people, and and of course that's like why why wouldn't you hit on that, you know? Yeah. And so like, like well, <laughs> why wouldn't I go to a casino to you know so to get down to the bottom of your banking business? <laughs> Clearly, come on, Paul. So are you are. Are you trying to to hide it all? I mean, even though you're you have him disguised and you're kind of disguised, like would the rest of the party recognize you, or or no? They would recognize them only because he's sober. So that's how he's disguised. They, they, I'm saying they wouldn't recognize him. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. 
Like, <laughs> like if Alos was to see him, like he's never seen him this like <laughs> well put together and of sound mind. <laughs> they can't be Nim. He's not staggering all over the place. <laughs> yes. That, that Must man be doesn't. His brother. Yeah, Jim. <laughs> All right. It is. Yep. It is. So, Percy Gritz, uh, you see this situation, and you you see this Nim, who looks like Nim, but it can't be Nim, and so your mind automatically goes to, is this a double? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just, just making sure. Just so, yeah. just giving you something to chew on there for a second right, to try to, uh, to try to think about. Well, oh boy! Try to think about what you want to do there. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'll just chew on it. Okay. Here in character land. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where we're all at now. It's in character land. Just just so we're we're clear. <laughs> Suppose I should have. Held up, a, held up a sign or something. Now entering <laughs> character land. <Disclaimer>. Population Griff. <laughs> One. <laughs> None of us have gotten to the land with, with Griff. Just Griff. Yeah, well... Oh, <laughs> well, no. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Griff land is, the, is a hell of a place, man. I, I don't know if you want to be here, because uh, a lot of stuff flying around. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of thoughts. So, uh, Dak, what's going on? Well, I think I think I want to get the lay of the land as in case the joint because uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try and steal something. I just don't know what yet. Yep. And uh, yeah, the sober the sober guy strikes me as familiar. So we just met, but there's something about him. That I love, but I also don't trust. <laughs> okay, fair um, enough. <laughs> so they're at they're they're at the blackjack table. Are yeah. They, nice. To the blackjack table. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, make a a stealth check. Okay. Uh, fourteen. Okay, Carlos, can you make a perception check? Trying out some new dice here. Uh oh. Let's see. So I can blame them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad 20. These are. Right. I, I, Want to see it? No, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> oh. Listen, we've discussed. We, I only roll 20s or like 1s and 2s. There's no in between. It's going to be one of those nights. <clears throat> okay, so. You see. Uh, you see Dak you you met before I think right yeah you met you guys yeah, met yeah. yep you're yeah in the in the battle in the storeroom uh, you see Dak kind of kind of sneaking up up to the table there so Percy you see um, you would know Dak too and you see Dak going up or you would recognize Dak at least you see him approaching Nim maybe not Nim and then this disguised Paul who may not be Paul because you've never seen Paul dressed like this kind of lounge singer before. Um, with a mustache. With a mustache, yeah. Probably yeah. probably like sunglasses inside, like full sabotage video, like I said. Unkempt hair. Solar. Yes. Okay. 
so you are sitting, uh, waiting for this this fight to start, and there are these these two big uh, half works inside of this this steel cage, and there there are people taking bets on the on the fight. Um, and we'll we'll go to the rest of the party in a second because I'm sure they're going to want to take bets on this fight. <laughs> Just to have a feeling. And you're sitting there, and I imagine Solar is feeling pretty frustrated. He's had several murder investigations um, over the past few days that haven't had any real tangible leads. His partner has been pretty much AWOL. Uh, Rusty's always had a reputation for being kind of a flake, but this is... This is bad, even by Rusty's standards. You've had to deal with this rookie, Joey Greenhorn, who <laughs> who somehow let this private investigator, who might be actually a part of some religious cult, into your crime scene and contaminated the entire thing, who also may have witnessed a murder, who didn't really do anything and just stood by. You, you found out about this whole thing in the storeroom, Accidentally deputized somebody. Yeah, you deputized. Oh, that wasn't an accident. That wasn't an accident. Halo's cigarettes. So yeah, that was not an accident. Yep. Question and answer. So yeah, and technically, I have Nim has Joey Greenhorn's badge, so he's a. Oh, that's right. What did you do with Joey Greenhorn? You stole Joey Greenhorn's badge. I start forgot about that. So technically, I'm on the uh, squad team. Technically, I'm Joey Greenhorn. <laughs> I forgot you stole his badge. That's right. That's right, because Joey had to report back, and he, had, on his first day, <laughs> lost, his, <laughs> lost his ID. Oh. That is just, like his Justice League membership. That poor kid. Uh, yeah. All right, That's, uh, so this is a... Remind me, this is a pit fight? Is this a club? Is this is, a, you're, it's a, you're at a casino. So it's, it, so it's, 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 it's my background on this. Do I know the owner slash do I know any, do, do I have good rapport, bad rapport? So am I on the in, am I on the take? Am I on the, get to, is this an underworld spot that I'm allowed to be in? Yeah, you're allowed to be here. You, you came well, here. I'm, so I'm talking more like I'm allowed to be here because people, this is one of those like, while I'm the law, this is a place that I get to flex my underworldness. Kinda. Um, nobody, nobody would freak out that you're there, sure. right? There wouldn't be anybody really like, you know, looking to take you down or, or sure. eyeing you suspiciously. There's so many people there um, sure. that you'd have to really do a lot to, to sort of stand out as as a guard. Do um, I know any? Of the, do I know the fighters? No, this is kind of a an opening opening card about um we're not we're not near main event yet cool. um, i'm drinking whatever version of scotch exists in backfire yeah i think now it's called scotch <laughs> <laughs> i was like it's doomers <laughs> <laughs> uh, sitting at, i'm sitting at the table amusing over my frustrations and how i now have built a <clears throat> you guys are kidding me i have built a all right, we're just gonna. I'm gonna fix this narratively because things went sideways faster than I thought. For this part of the narrative, Solar is more or less uh, chilling, stewing over the frustrations of whatever situations that have been happening to him, worrying about how he's built a new crack team of 
a new team of specialists that mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen, and like 90% of them are on this team so they don't get killed. But now that they're all cops, they're all going to get targeted faster, question mark. I don't know how much protection I can give them. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out how to solve this intricate puzzle piece. Uh-huh. Um, Solar is going to proceed to have more than one scotch, and that's going to lead him to kind of not pay attention to what happens around him. Okay. And then I got to go. Catch you guys later. All right. See ya. See you every day, Pax. All right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So you see your poor new cop friend drinking himself uh, <laughs> into a stupor. Wow. Sounds great to me. I knew things were going to go bad for him today. It's not what I expected, but that's what happens. So as Solar is just... Uh, he's watching this fight and uh, some... Uh, kind of like a like a like a fifty fifty raffle style betting. Like there are people moving through the crowd taking bets on the fight. These guys are are so vanilla that they don't even really have names. There's one guy who's wearing uh, like like black armor, and there's one guy who's wearing like lighter tan armor. And so you're betting either on the the tan one or you're betting on the black one. They're both um, they're both half orcs. Um, really just generic. Um, big dudes, uh, and so people are are drunk. Solar throws some money in in there on the the one in the black armor, and as this is happening, you see this. Well, we should probably bring you guys together before this before this happens. So, and this is this is funny now too, um, since Tom is gone. So, Alos, um, how how are you doing? How are you feeling? Uh- Oh, anxious. <laughs> the, the person who's supposed to be helping me is getting hammered, which, you know, isn't the first time I've had to deal with a drunk companion, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> worlds oh. worlds oh. kind of colliding a little right. bit. And, uh, just, just sitting there watching the start of the fight, just getting very nervous. Okay. Like, uh, like, oh my god, what do I do? Yeah, I just don't want to die. Um, <laughs> very powerful people are trying to hurt me. Um, uh huh. <laughs> I don't even know where this warehouse I'm supposed to destroy is. Yep. <laughs> so you see. So as you see Solar drinking himself into oblivion. Uh, you you look around in desperation, and the light. It's funny how this happens, right? It's almost like it's almost like divine intervention. Like the light in the room strikes them just the right way, frames them just the right way, and they're they're standing maybe thirty thirty five feet from you. Are Nim and Paul <laughs> dressed dressed in some ridiculous matching suits? Uh, Nim has this uh, pretty sizable stack of gold in front of him. Paul looks mad, madder by the moment that they're there. Um, and Nim looks like he's having a, not the time of his life, but Nim looks like he's he's having a pretty good time. What do you want to do? Uh, uh, I go over there, and I'm like, oh, Nim, good, you can help. Help what? 
so maybe there's a mob boss. And Wait a minute, maybe... hold on. Wait, before you start, how'd you know it was me? Because you're you. Fair enough. Hey, <laughs> got me there. Uh, hey, does, does this guy look like Paul? Mostly, I mean, the, the obvious fake mustache is, is kind of not a great disguise. You need to stop being so honest. <laughs> I can hear all this, right? Uh, you can, yeah. Hi again, everybody. This is Dr. Andy Wilzak. I wanted to say thanks again for taking time to listen to the show. We really appreciate it. The reason why I wanted to make Strength Check into an actual play D&D podcast, um, when there are so many other actual play shows out there that are probably um, way better <laughs> than anything that I could do, is I want to draw your attention to a project that I'm a part of here in northeastern Pennsylvania. We're calling it Play for Progress, and the idea is to use D&D and eventually, hopefully, probably, other tabletop games to help middle school and high school kids who are struggling with mental health problems or addiction issues or who feel alienated or isolated in some, in some way. Um, this part of Pennsylvania has been hit really, really hard by the opioid crisis part of Pennsylvania has a very high alcoholism rate. And this part of Pennsylvania is diversifying very quickly, and there are those who have capitalized on that to try to create more conflict between people. So we have a lot of kids here who are alone and who are suffering, um, and suffering mightily. So what we're doing, and the point of this message now is to just let you know that we are raising money to make Play for Progress a sustainable force for good in the northeastern Pennsylvania area. Um, if you have even $5 to spare for us, you can go to gofundme.com slash playforprogress with hyphens between the words, so play hyphen for hyphen progress. Um, and anything that you can give us will go a long way towards making us sustainable. Thank you.